everyone. My name is Ayaka, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm the SMAC chair on the Performing Arts Council. Um, aside from that, I'm a, a soprano performing member in Penn Singers, a former board member of Penn Players, and um, I occasionally perform in some tacky shows. Um, today, we are here with Gracie Hoffman, Hi. who graduated from Penn in 2016. Um, she's the former associate producer for Juniper Productions and the assistant producer for Shakespeare and Clark Park. She's also a performer working as a company dancer and puppeteer for the Blacklight Group Arc Dream. Arc a Dream, yeah. Arc a Dream for Humankind, as well as a divisor for with uh, Paper Doll Ensemble, which she is also the co-founder of. And she is director of uh, communications at the 11th Hour Theater Company. Wow. <laughs> is that Today, enough? Is that, yeah. Wow. To say that you are multi-talented and that you have truly conquered the Philly theater scene would be an understatement. Did oh, I miss oh, anything, Gracie? Stop. No. That is so sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Stop. Um, did you miss anything? I don't know. I ask myself that when I wake up every day. I'm like, did I miss? <laughs> did I forget a job that I have? Um, I also am a teaching artist. Um, mm-hmm. I teach with Zoom Dance, and uh, I'm currently doing their PR as well. And right now, in this pandemic, I am uh, the public relations consultant for Going Viral Festival, and I'm also acting every Saturday for them in an episodic live stream that is uh, interactive. So every week, the audience votes for what they want to happen next. And wow. then, uh, yeah, so I have rehearsal for that tomorrow. Got to memorize my lines. <laughs> Well, at the end, you have to share like the link or social media. Yeah, sure. I will. 100%. Yeah, and we can vote for, um, yeah, the interactive thing as well. (laughs) Please. Yeah, the next episode is tomorrow. So Amazing. Um, So yesterday, I was actually talking to my... Our, or actually our good friend, Mikey yeah, Miller. Mikey! <laughs> yeah, who told me he's good friends with you. And um, he also told me that at Penn, you did just about everything in theater. And um, so can you, I feel like that's a good way to start. Sure. Um, the overview of your arts career at Penn and beyond. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the arts at Penn, what you were involved in, which groups you're involved with, and um, how you navigated your arts career after graduating? Yeah, sure. Um, So I knew that I wanted to go to college and study theater arts. Um, And so (laughs) my dad actually forced me to apply to Penn because he said I had to apply to an Ivy League school. Oh, wow. And I was like, fine, whatever. I'm from Limerick. And so I was like, all right, I'll apply to Penn. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I came to the Scholars Preview in my senior year of high school. And uh, that was the first time I did a monologue I'm on the Penn stage. They had like an open mic night and I did a monologue from Bye Bye Birdie, which was ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I fell in love and I was like, oh, actually, this is the perfect place for me. So um, I was a theater arts major and I worked a lot with the department, um, but I also mm-hmm. I also was on the board of Penn Players um, only for a year for my senior year. Um but I'm obsessed with them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then I also was on the board of Intuitons for my like sophomore year. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a dancer in Yala, belly dance and drum troupe. Oh, wow. And I was actually, yeah, I was the vice president of Yala for a year. Um, Oh, wow. 
which was kind of crazy. And that's a little bit how I ended up falling into the dance scene in Philly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Through, yeah. So I, I worked with almost every group. I would say like every tacky group. I was in STEM. I lived in front row housing. I did a bunch of front row stuff. I'm a front row member officially. I did a bunch of player shows. I choreographed to fling musicals. We were talking about that briefly. Um, I choreographed what musicals. Was that hair? Oh, oh wow! Wait, they did hair at Penn. They did hair at Penn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's very interesting. Not to toot my own horn, um, but I actually taught a bunch of the cast members some belly dance, and so for the it, it really lended itself well to the like hippie mm-hmm. high world mm-hmm. of flower power <laughs> and hair um i loved that and then i also choreographed bloody bloody andrew jackson and that was directed by my really good friend ben Barrand. Mm-hmm. um and then after graduation ben Barrand and i ended up being apprentices at interact theater company together mm-hmm. yeah what else i don't even know i did flipping everything while i was at penn um marcia ferguson at the department mm-hmm is my still my very very good friend um and mentor and she is on the artistic advisory board for paper doll ensemble which is now my full-fledged company wow so when did you found that company um and what led you to do that yeah so um Officially, we became a, a business, a taxable business in January 2018, maybe. Um, and I had worked on a project with the Revamp Theater Collective, which is a feminist theater group um, that was operating out of the um, the theater called Plays and Players Theater on also Delancey mm-hmm. Street, but not on Penn's campus, Delancey Street, on 17th and Delancey. <laughs> um, and they were doing, uh, it was called Beyond the Surface. It was this lab where they were taking artists from multiple disciplines and asking them to devise a show based off of the Brothers Grimm tale, Snow White and Rose Red. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met Sarah Vaness and Amanda Jensen and Juliet Gobin through that process. And the four of us created this like ridiculous dreamlike dance sequence about this fairy tale <laughs> that the set was entirely balloons. They were all balloons made into trees um, that then like changed color. And we actually created and performed the show in like 12 rehearsals. Oh, <laughs> and wow. so we were like, yeah, I don't think this is finished. So we... <laughs> We wanted to get back together and work on that show, which eventually became This Is How Girls Die, which went up Mm -hmm. in January 2019. And that was our like first full-fledged production, um, another co-production with Plays and Players Theater. So now we have lined up co-productions with them. Hopefully, our next slot is in April. Um, This past year, we did a show based based off of The Bachelor. We did a show that mixed- It's very drama filled and I'm a little obsessed with it. (laughs) So we made a bachelor show and we mixed it with true crime. So there was like a little bit of murder. Oh, yeah. So we always say we create absurdist tragic comedies and we were just going to do the one show. This is like always how it goes. And we were like, you know what? We just love working together so much. And this one went really well. 
let's just do shows together for eternity. And then we started the paperwork to become an official LLC. And we were like, what have we done? That's, that's so nice. I love that story. Amanda is like a designer. She made our set for this last show. Sarah went to pig iron. Um, so she's, you know, trained Mm -hmm. in devising and we call her our artistic spice. Mm -hmm. We don't have like director titles. Amanda is the managing spice. I'm the marketing spice and Sarah is the artistic spice. Why did why do you guys choose to stay spice instead of like director or manager or things like that? Um, because we're silly and because <laughs> we're very um our company is all about women and for women and the Spice Girls mm-hmm. really speak to mm-hmm. me and my 90s heart. Of course. Um, yeah, and it also course. yeah, not not any one of us is like really a hundred percent in charge of like we work together so fluidly that to say that one of us is like the artistic director just doesn't feel quite right because we all are Mm -hmm. so like great what are we going to do a show about so next year we're talking about um exploring the cross-section between witches and politics so we're hoping to make a witchy political show <laughs> all of our shows are a little political but oh. <laughs> so is it like salem witch trials type of thing or just like m- like magical witches in the political we world? don't know yet because we haven't officially started making it <laughs> with this pandemic has been a little bit of a pickle to people who oh, tell me about it in I, I can't even imagine Ayaka. I'm so sorry. I mean, um, for, for artists, it's hard. For I mean, especially for Lord. Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah, so we're trying to figure out a way to workshop virtually. So we've just been having these like big discussions with artists that we love. Um, and we are just kind of falling down a bunch of rabbit holes, which is really our first step in any process is to just do a ton of mm-hmm. research. Um, you know, for the bachelor show, it was like, Oh, we have to research. We have to watch the bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also did a, a lot of like psychoanalysis and, um, a lot of research into the production history mm-hmm. of like, you know, um, so for this witch show, yeah, the Salem Witch Trials is like part of it, but we're also looking at kind of the history and trajectory of witches from folklore and like Greek mythology all the way up until now where there's kind of this resurgence of reclaiming the title of mm. witch um, where like someone who is a kitchen witch and someone who's a garden witch and being connected to earth and nature has really become synonymous with witchcraft. And we're kind of tracking the etymology of when did it become such a horrible thing to be a witch versus just like a spiritual healer. Um, And, and it's really fascinating because a, a lot of it, I could literally talk about this for centuries, but, um, it's tied to, women's reproductive health and their own control over their bodies and that midwives um, in, you know, before there were obstetricians and there were just midwives, Mm -hmm. they, it was considered this like purely female practice and men didn't understand, you know, the magic or the mystery of, of childbirth. And then somewhere along the way, 
about the time where abortions became pretty regular, mm-hmm. men were like, whoa, wait, no, we have to control that. That's so interesting. Um, so the, I was, yeah. So they were like, she's a witch because she gave an abortion. And you're like, actually, she's just a medical professional. That, like the concept of witches was so political. Mm-hmm. That's, that's crazy. It, it really is. And it, it's also a lot of people that were accused of witchcraft were people who owned land and women who worked for themselves, like the mm. the idea of a, a witch's pointy hat is based off of hats that alewives used to, okay. to wear. So women were the first people to brew beer. I love that. <laughs> which is where this like bubbly cauldron thing happens, mm-hmm. right? So they were like, oh, I'm just going to, I figured out how to make this delicious drink on the side. I'm just going to brew beer. And they were like, no, your, your magic powers. And... Uh, once men started doing it, though, that was, like, totally fine. Oh, interesting. But another um, – the probably the biggest part of my life is 11th hour right mm-hmm. now because um, I am their director of communications, which is a made-up title that we made because um, it literally is. Mike was like, what should we call you? Um, so when did you, when did you uh, start working at 11th hour? And was your title always director of communications or your role? No, it was not. I started in August 2018, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know what year is it. Almost two years. <laughs> it's this is my second. This is my second season with them. And um, what happened is their managing director at the time, Danny Guy, um, was my boss and mentor at Interact Theater Company mm-hmm. when I was an apprentice there for the 2016 17 mm-hmm. season. And I, the, that apprenticeship was also the best thing that I could have ever done. Mm. So we'll circle back around to that. But um, they needed a marketing associate for 11th hour and Danny, the season that I was finished my apprenticeship, Danny left to go and join the 11th hour team. And he was like, I love working with Gracie, not to toot my horn, <laughs> but um, he knew that I would be a good fit. And so I started working there and I was a marketing associate and I worked there like 25 hours mm-hmm. a week. And then as things went on, the position just kind of grew. And then Danny actually left to go and work for the police commissioner's oh, office. Okay. Um, wow. And after 10 years, got out of theater administration altogether. And um, then, then my colleague michael o'brien who is the co-founder and the artistic director he was like i know uh, someone named megan o'brien you know know megan Megan because she taught a class at penn um a year ago musical theater performance class which was really great um but yeah i know megan from that yes Yes, she is mike's sister and another co-founder of 11 right 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 yeah so uh, I will actually see her tonight because we are doing, and Mike and Steve, Steve Pasek is the third in the trio of co-founders for 11th Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Megan is their resident director. So she directs usually at least once a year for for us. And so after Danny left, it's really just me and mm-hmm. Mike. So I've kind of taken over. Mike and I have kind of split the like general manager 
duties. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, I do marketing, I do PR, I also do a lot of the day to day operations. So he was like, like, I do HR, all the acronyms, (laughs) PR, HR. Um, And so he was like, I don't know, what do we call that? And I was like, Mike, can we just be the king and queen of 11th hour and like call it a day? he didn't go for that. So <laughs> director of communications. Yeah. So what kind of projects are you working with at, um, or, or is 11th hour um, working on right now? And yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's really unpredictable how the world right now, but, um, yeah. What kind of projects are you working on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's really hard to be a theater administrator right Mm now um, because the world is so uncertain. Um, We had to postpone our production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, Hedwig is great. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we're hopefully doing it next June because that's the the next slot that we could get where all of the actors were available Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, So... Better luck next year, 2021, better not suck. Um, and then we're really working on how we can adapt this this virtual world of programming to our company and kind of offer something that is is not out there right now. And so that's how we came up with this karaoke event. It's called Care-E-O-K-E, like C-A-R-E, oh, to just be cute. like a big hug. I love puns. Um <laughs> hashtag marketing um and so then we're also offering (laughs) in this time some (laughs) members only events because we're like great people don't really want to subscribe to theater when they don't know if theater is going to be existing Mm -hmm. next Mm -hmm. year like we don't know when we can be open and safe and so we're working on virtual programming which are musical theater salons and so we're gathering we we kind of did the in-person version of this last season where we have two or three industry professionals who can offer a unique perspective on something specific um we had the art of writing a musical so it was composers and we kind of just asked them our burning questions and they had performers kind of assist them so they would sing you know, the first version of the song and then the version that ended up in the show. Wow. Who did you Um, have? Which was really fun. Uh, We had Alex Bechtel and Dan Kazimi. They're wonderful humans. And uh, Dan Kazimi has worked with 11th Hour as, you know, an arranger, a composer, music director, all sorts of things. Um, And he also works with Milwaukee Milwaukee Repertory Mm -hmm. Theater. It's really his home. And then Alex Bechtel is a big part of lightning rod special and he also wrote uh the light princess for the arden and um is really involved in doing their children's series at the arden also an incredible performer um they are celebrities sarah says (laughs) they are celebrities yeah (laughs) so it was really fun because our audience got to be like what's the hardest part about writing a musical you know questions that were better than that but um it was just fun so we're offering we're doing directors next week for our members and then who knows what going forward um but we're hoping to do them over the summer speaking of writing musicals mikey tells me that you've written a play (laughs) 
Can you talk a little yes. bit about that, about um, your life as a writer or playwright? Sure. Yes. And I can say in general, I think that this really speaks to what the Philadelphia theater scene is like in that people wear many, many mm-hmm. hats um, in that, you know, I love performing, but I also am a theater administrator because I like to produce, but also because I need to make right. money. And so writing really came... <laughs> I put all of my Tinder experiences into a play (laughs) called Game, Set, Match. And um, I submitted half of it to White Pines, which is a a small theater in Elkins Park, just outside Mm -hmm. of the city. And it was for their Cold Hard Love Festival. So I had written maybe half of it. And they were like, yeah, we want to produce this. Can you finish it? And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I did. I wrote it. And performed it with Ben Barrent and Mikey Miller, my faves. So they played every man in my life. And Mikey also played my mom, which was hilarious. Um, It was really fun. There does exist a YouTube recording of it. It's very bad quality, but maybe I'll send it to you. (laughs) Um, And then we actually, so we did that for a weekend in February Oh my God. I don't even know when 2017 Mm -hmm. maybe. And, um, it went really well and was super fun. And I was like, let's bring this to the masses. And so I actually hit up Platt house, um, and was like, Oh, hi, it's me. I'm an alum. Love me. Can I do my dumb Tinder show in the Platt lobby? And they were like, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how I finagled that with Lori, but (laughs) I appreciate her. I appreciate her. I would love her. to be in the room um, where you explain to her what the concept of this play is. Like, oh, so <laughs> I wrote about my experience. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So because, uh, yeah, my senior year of junior and senior year of college, I really you know, it was the, the rise of Tinder. And so many <laughs> things happened. Um, and then I wrote them down because they were really funny. Do you have any fun <laughs> anecdotes from um, the play or little, what's the, well, what are some funny or memorable pieces from, or parts of the play? Yeah. I would, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so I think that in regards to the content of the play, there was a, a section that was just pickup lines, and I was in the middle of Mikey and Ben just like spewing pickup lines at me, and they're all very dirty um, and also hilarious. And I can't think of like a really good one off the top of my head, but I will send it to you for sure. <laughs> and then I think in terms of the production itself, like... It was kind of bizarre because a lot of my exes came. Oh, wow. Um, that must have been Which was an experience. Yep. And then I also, like, I was still single at the time, so I put it on my Tinder profile <laughs> that was like, I'm doing a show about Tinder. Come, because I will do anything for that sweet, sweet money and butts and seats. Oh. <laughs> so, um, and there was this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the baby beginnings of me grassroots marketing. (laughs) And, um, this guy came 
and asked me out on a date at my play about Tinder That's dance. That's so sweet. It was, but he was very odd. I went on the date and then he was like a little obsessed with me. And I was like, I don't actually like you very much. <laughs> I've learned to have a far uh, better vetting process um, when it t- comes to, to romantic partners. Um, I will say now I am in a very committed relationship with my partner, Christopher Aww. Carson. And we live in a one bedroom apartment together with our small dog, Pepper Rose. That's so cute. Did you meet him on Tinder? No, no, I did not. Um, we met <laughs> We met while we were working together. I was a teaching artist at a summer camp um, at Episcopal Academy, which is in the suburbs. And he was the project discovery teacher because he's, he's a physics teacher in his real life. And then over the summer, he goes and teaches the small kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked together for years, actually. And I told him, like, he knew every single one of these stories. And we were really good friends. And then we went to a mutual friend's wedding together. And I was like, oh, we're not just friends. And we've been together ever since. (laughs) See, that's like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. You know, meeting at a wedding, of course. Well, right. That's so Very happy for you. Thank you. Um, just going back to the interact apprenticeship. Yes. That was very memorable. And, um, yeah. Because I want to, well, I want to, you know, like, what do you, what do you want to do with your life, Ayaka, in this pandemic? Me? Um, yeah. What do you want to do like with you for professionally, which is literally the worst question I could ever ask you, but I'm curious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also very interested in like the arts or entertainment administration. So I've had a couple internships, um, also as a marketing intern or working at the marketing department of, um, last summer I was at, um, primary stages, which is an off Broadway theater. Um, I also worked at, um, Spotco, which is an ad agency that, um, does the marketing or advertising for Broadway shows. So that was really fun. So I, you know, in a normal world, I would love to work in that or would have loved to intern have had similar experiences this summer as well in that in that field but um yeah overall I'm very interested in like the PR marketing side of theater or entertainment as a whole TV film I'm also interested in those um so yeah um well look at that Ayaka you've come to the right place yep it's a match made in heaven thank you Sarah (laughs) (laughs) um where are you from I'm originally from Tokyo, um, but I moved to Maryland when I was six and lived there for like four years. And then I moved to New Delhi, India, which is crazy, um, and lived there for two years. And then middle school, high school, I was back in Japan. And now I'm back in the States. And um, yeah, my family's in so cool. You're very cool. (laughs) I aspire to be Yaka when I grow up, except I can't live in Tokyo ever. (laughs) So. That's fine. Oh, you never um, know. You never know, Gracie. That's you true. Say, never say never. Never say never. <laughs> well, but... I was going to say like, okay, great. So like that in mind, I just was going to say that when I graduated from Penn, I was like, what do I do? I'm a little fish and I don't know where to swim to. Um, and I, instead of going to grad school, which was like, obviously an option where I was like, I'm sick of school. I just want to do it. And if I can't do it, then I'll go to school for psychology or something and be a professional Tinder dater. And, 
Um, so I did the interact apprenticeship, which I was like, I don't really know that this is what I want to do. But I would say that the best advice that I ever got was from Maria Fume Dietrich, who used to be at Plaid House and is a queen. Um, she was like, listen, the best thing to do when you don't know what you want to do is to try everything. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, that's great. Because I know I wanted to work in theater. So I was like, mm -hmm. let's do it. So there's a couple apprenticeships in the city that are for you know, specific things. Like there's an acting apprenticeship at the Walnut. There's an Arden apprenticeship that is a lot more hands-on in the stage management department. But Interact has this program where you're with them for a season and you rotate between doing front of house positions and also assistant stage managing a show. Mm -hmm. um, and I got the best hands-on experience and connections that I could ever ask for. Um, mm -hmm. And so Jason Lindner, Jason Lindner, Jason Lindner. Yes. He is a star and he was my mentor in marketing for interact. And I was like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, Jason, I really like social media. And he was like, Oh really? I hate it. You want to just take it over? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he was like, let's do it together. And so he really gave me a lot of freedom to kind of come up with my own campaigns and all mm -hmm. sorts of things. And what I learned from him during that time, I still use today when I and marketing for 11th hour and zoom dance and paper dolls and Arca dream and every other yeah. company that I do PR for. <laughs> um, wow. But it was really nice because I was like, great. I, I am bad at hanging lights. Like I remember the first time we did it, <laughs> Dylan Wallace, <laughs> who was another apprentice. My class was Bianca Sanchez, who's a rock star, Ben Barrett. Um, and then Dylan Wallace and Seth Rosin, who is the founder and artistic director of Interact, is a Penn alum. Mm -hmm. So he loves little Penn mafia. Um, there's actually <laughs> a lot of us in the Philly theater scene, and it's really nice when you come across each other. Um, mm -hmm. And we hung the lights and Dylan was like, yeah, cool. So um, those are really tight and that might spark. So I'm going to go redo that. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so that's not my strong suit, but I tried it. Um, I did wardrobe for a documentary for 6ABC, which was wild. Wow. Um, yeah. What, is, what did that entail? Like what? So what Millie, you do? do you know Millie Heibel? No. She used to teach costume design at Penn and she also is often the costume designer for the shows. Um, mm -hmm. And I love her. She also is the resident designer at Philadelphia Opera. So oh, Opera, I didn't know that. Opera Philadelphia? Oh, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so she works on this documentary every summer and she was like, hey, I did my practicum as being her like wardrobe assistant on a show. And mm -hmm. she was like, do you want to do this documentary with me? You have to be on set at 5 a.m. And it's like kind of bizarre, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did a lot of prep work in that we had to costume all of the extras. So there were literally like 500 people that we had to get in like vaguely Puritan oh. clothing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the timeline span from like, I don't even remember. This was years ago, but it was like from like 1880 to like, uh, I don't remember. 
but it was a very large spread of time. And so we would like dig in the opera warehouse and <laughs> find all these clothes. And then we'd be on set and I'd have to like muddy stuff up and like get them dressed and hand everybody their thing. And like, they would have told you what size they were and the size would not be correct at all. And you'd have to think on the fly mm-hmm. at 5 a.m. Because crazy. I learned that wardrobe is the first to be on the set because y'all can't do nothing if they ain't wearing clothes. Right. So I was so like, you really did like do a little bit of literally everything. You did costumes, you hung lights, you do marketing. That's that's really incredible. Thank you. But I was like, yeah, I don't. That's cool. And that was really fun. But that's also like not me. So now I've really, it is four years to the day since I graduated from Penn, which is crazy bananas. My mom texted me this morning. Um, (laughs) And I really feel like I found my niche in doing marketing and PR while still being able to create my own work with paper dolls. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did the audition stuff. I used to be in the GoPuff commercials. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, I can send you some that are really embarrassing. <laughs> um, but Zach Fox, who does them, he's a pendulum. Um, and like I've done a bunch of film and I was like, you know what? Auditioning, it takes a lot of energy. You make mm-hmm. no money. I'm very tired. What I really want to do is like make work that's meaningful to me and do it with people that I like because I learned that real fast as we discussed before we started recording. And Mm -hmm. so like being able to do that in my own company is really important. And with like Archidream, it's another company model. So we just are the same like five or six people and we just create, create, create. And then we do either a show once a year for paper dolls or mm-hmm. with Archidream, we do kind of like a gig model. So we'll perform at Eastern State Penitentiary's Masquerade and then we'll perform at the Please Touch Museum and then we'll do like a school gig. Um, and it's just way more fun <laughs> mm-hmm. because I know I have a spot and a family. Right. Um Instead of being like, oh, we already have a short blonde in New York, which can kind of feel a little more competitive. Right. So, yeah, I'm really, my journey was definitely crazy bananas, um, but I wouldn't change a thing about it. Do you ever want to go back to performing or do you see yourself performing in the future? Well, definitely. In I perform in every paper doll show. Um mm-hmm. So I do that and then I do dancing with Archidream and then like, unless I don't know, like this virtual, this, this virtual streaming thing that we're doing, I'm acting for, um, Mm -hmm. cause it just kind of fell in my lap. So Mm -hmm. it's still something that I like to do, but I don't see myself like committing to a six week production process from like 10 AM to 6 PM rehearsal which is kind of what the professional world demands. Um, So, yeah, but, you know, like, I'm okay with that. It feels like a good amount Mm -hmm. of performing. And then we get to do dumb things like karaoke where I sing and I am, fittingly, 
every Spice Girl I did want to be last week. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what the Spice Girls is. I don't know what that is, but I love that. I love that. But yeah, it really seems like you have like the best of both worlds. You like perform a little bit, you create your own work, you are doing marketing, you're doing a little bit of everything. And that sounds really fun and great. <laughs> I like it. Well, I, I hope that we continue to be able to create art. But that's the thing about being around such creative people is that we are mm-hmm. finding a way, even when right. we can't be in the same room together, we are we're finding a way. Yeah. Um, just a couple more questions. Um, yeah. What are some favorite milestones along the arc of your career? I mean, you've kind of addressed this a little bit, but if you have anything you want to add on. Yeah, I think that producing that, my Tinder play, like being like, mm-hmm. I am going to write, produce and star in a show, which is ridiculous, um, was really big for me. But mm-hmm. that, um, And Seth Rosen, the artistic director of Interact, came to Platt and watched my Tinder show. (laughs) And then he said that he knew me better than any apprentice that had come before me. And he didn't know how he felt about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he was very proud. I'm sure. Well, I loved that. And um, yeah, actually, I don't know if this is a milestone, but something else that has been really influential on my career is a woman named Catherine Marshall, and we call her Khaki, and she is now 94 years old, and she um, was one of the first ever directors for Pen Players when she oh, was wow. 19 years old. Um, Incredible. She, she, yeah, she helped start the theater arts program at Penn. Um, oh, wow. And she and Seth are really close and she needed some help, like just getting groceries mm-hmm. and stuff. And mm-hmm. after my apprenticeship, I was like, had a crazy schedule of teaching dance classes and then like not, you know, I had a little time. So Mm -hmm. he connected me with her and I like, you know, emptied her dishwasher and mostly we just drank tea and gossiped. Mm -hmm. And she is a star. She like, I found her at the exact right moment in my life where I really needed Mm -hmm. advice. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was starting at Juniper at the time and she kind of helped me through that whole journey. And, Mm -hmm. um, then I was starting my own company and she is like a wonderful cheerleader, but also so knowledgeable. Like one of the first things I did for her was polish her lifetime achievement Barrymore award, (laughs) lifetime achievement Barrymore. And Cause I was like, what is this? And then I started shining it and I was like, Kaki, this is a Barrymore. <laughs> like, um, and she's just like a wonderful friend. Like I still call her all the time. We're very close. Mm-hmm. She really helped me through. Like she started the children's festival at Annenberg and like, Oh, no way. With, with Nancy Reagan. Okay. Like this woman is oh, incredible. Wow. Her best friend was Hal Prince. Um, oh wow that's I know she just would talk about how like uh, it was really hard when he passed for her Um, but what am I even saying I don't know and while I was at Penn like I think that the relationships that I cultivated from my time at Penn and then translated into the professional world have been the entire reason why I am successful like Marsha 
introduced us to pig iron. We did a two-week residency with pig iron, which is why Sarah hired me to be an actor in the first place. And without that, Mm -hmm. I never would have started Paper Dolls. Right. Um, And then Sebastian Mundheim did a residency on my senior thesis project, which was a performance of the Eumenides in the Penn Museum. Mm -hmm. And we then remounted that for Fringe in 2015. I don't even know Mm -hmm. what day it is. And Sebastian and I have worked together a ton since then. And she is actually who connected me to Archidream, the puppet and blacklight company that I dance for. Right. Never would have met them. You know, it's just so much being open to new experiences and, and really then following up on those connections, like Patty, Mm -hmm. who's the head of Archidream and I, we operated a 14 foot bull puppet made mostly out of paper for Sebastian, also in the Penn Museum. Sebastian loves that museum. (laughs) And like I was the right foot and Patty was the left foot. And now we're best friends and we dance together. Like it's so crazy. And I, it's hard to to kind of suss out big milestones because everything mm-hmm. has had such a complete domino effect, I feel, since the moment I stepped on Penn's campus to my apartment in University City where I still live today. <laughs> wow. That's so incredible that like the Penn, you know, it seems like when, when you're at Penn, a lot of people are in like a nursing or Wharton or engineering or whatever, but yeah. it, it seems like, you know, people go their own paths and like do consulting or banking or whatever. But I'm, yeah, it's great to know that there's like a group of people, Penn alums who are involved in the arts and, you know, they're there as a resource. And yeah, it's, it's really comforting to know that that's yeah, out there. Yeah, we're here. Um, yeah. I guess one last question. Um, what's your wild card? The th- or actually, second to last question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what's your wild card? The thing that most people wouldn't guess about you from our conversation thus far. Yeah, we obviously know that we you love Spice Girls. <laughs> um, we know that you're... <laughs> I feel like I learned that about myself during this conversation where I was like, wow, I really... I really am about the Spice Girls. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, and we know that you're a true theater queen in the Philly theater oh, scene. Stop. Um, but what else? And we know that you are a professional Tinder dater. Uh, no, I'm retired. I'm retired. <laughs> um, I've been retired for years. Okay, I've been personal. Will be three years in August. So. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but what else? Um, yeah, what is something about yourself that you would like to share that we, most people probably wouldn't be able to guess from this conversation? Yeah, sure. Um, I can think of a few things. I, you might be able to guess, but I'm obsessed with my dog. Um, Pepper Rose <laughs> is an angel. She is a corgi beagle mix that we rescued almost a year ago. Her her gotcha day is May thirtieth. Um. And during this quarantine, I have made a TikTok page dedicated just to her. Um, it's at Pepper Rose Puppy. She also has an Instagram because oh. I literally cannot stop creating content. Um, I I don't know why. Also, 
something that is fun that when I'm trying to gain control over my life, as I have been during this quarantine, um, Mm -hmm. I mess with my hair. So I, I went all in this quarantine and I had my partner give me an undercut, um, at the nape of my neck. Yeah. So I have a little triangle, but if my hair is down, uh, you can't see it. My mom is so mad at me. Very upset. <laughs> she hates it. She thinks it's terrible. And then today I dyed uh, half pink and half teal. Oh. So. Like you split know, down the middle? Yeah, split down the middle. <laughs> really? oh um, it's just overtone. It's just con- color conditioner. Very like Harlequin. Yes. Type Sarah, of thing. I did it last week. Okay. The first time I did it last week, I that's exactly what I said. I said that I was having a Harlequin moment mm-hmm. where I was like, I am Harley Quinn. And then <laughs> I re-dyed it today because I need to be the same character for the live stream tomorrow. So I was like, well, <laughs> now we've committed to this half hair thing. So um, yeah, the playwright page says that I look like a character from the Hunger Games. So <laughs> Do with that what you will. <laughs> my hair was getting really long, and I thought I was pretty bold for cutting my own hair. Like, maybe, like, I don't know how long. I don't know. Like, but pretty, like, I, I cut quite a length, and mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty bold, but I'm, that is quite bold. The teal and the purple. <laughs> that is quite bold. I have to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, it's happening, because I'm like, who the, who's going to see me? If I hate it, it'll wash out. Whatever. Yeah. Well, your mom apparently. You My mom that. is very upset, but that's okay. She <laughs> she she'll get over it. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> um, final question. Um, so I feel like at Penn there are a lot of people who want to pursue a career in the arts. Um, and so, do you have any advice for these students who want to pursue or navigate a career in the arts or performing arts? Um, and you know, right now is especially a difficult, challenging time for everybody, especially for artists. And do you have any advice on um, how we can, I don't know, um, yeah. make use of the time that we have right now? Yeah. Um, so usually what I say is a piece of advice that David O'Connor gave to me. Sorry, Adam, mm-hmm. David O'Connor. Um, and he told me to see and be seen. That was mm-hmm. like, go and see as much theater in the city of Philadelphia that you can, because Mm -hmm. every company is, it has their own style. And it's really important to kind of get to know what you like. If you were like, I want musical theater, I want to only work on musical theater, 11th hour theater company is for me. Or if you're like, wow, I really love, you know, children's work at the Arden, or I really love the socially and politically motivated straight plays at Interact. Mm -hmm. Um, But not only that, the way that you integrate into the Philadelphia community is just by showing up. Like if you just repeat your face enough times, people are like, oh yeah, Gracie, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's really hard right now. And I know that that's really hard, but I would say that there are a lot of opportunities online right now. And to just 
you know, do the best that you can to kind of get to know the community before you dip your toe and you're like, I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. There also are a lot of online resources for opportunities. Theaterphiladelphia.org is uh, you know, the home of the Theater Philadelphia organization, which is an incredible resource. And they have a listserv that you can join. Anybody can join. And mm-hmm. people often post auditions or job listings or film opportunities. Um, or I post like when we have industry nights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good thing to be a part of. And then if you are interested in film, there's film.org. Um, which has a lot of opportunities as well that are are divided based on if there is payment or if you're, it's an extra or if it's deferred or whatever. Um, but that's a really good resource to like actually find jobs. And then the third one mm-hmm. is the Philadelphia Arts and Culture Job Bank. Mm-hmm. And that's a dashboard where organizations can post from museums to, you know, live event venues, post internships or administrative opportunities. And so it might be useful to during this time, just kind of browse that and even see what their requirements are and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, Um, it might put your mind at ease as like, I'd actually be a great fit for something like this. Mm -hmm. And maybe you you take that down as something to pursue when things start opening up again. Um, And then lastly, the Going Viral Festival is... (laughs) (laughs) is happening right now. Um, But they are taking submissions for actors, designers. Um, We... I have a meeting with our costume designer in 15 minutes um, so that she can raid my closet and put me in something that doesn't look terrible. Um, (laughs) But literally from every discipline, there's like a Google form that you can fill out and be like, hey, I'd actually really love to be an actor. Um, And if you don't want to participate directly, I would say just watch some of these live streams because a lot of the faces that you're seeing are familiar faces to the Philly theater world. And um, like our director, Seamus, will pop up on there. And it's really useful to just watch these live streams and comment. And then people will start seeing your name and then things just happen. Or like this, this is great that you literally reached out to me. Like I'm an open book. If anyone wants to email me, do it. It's my name, G-R-A-Y-C-E at 11thHourTheaterCompany.org. Um and I'll have virtual coffee with you and chat. I would be so thrilled to do that. That's so great. But thank you so much for your time today, Gracie. And I, I know you um, uh, just gave your email right now, but um, where can we find you online? What are, where's, what's your Instagram? What's your TikTok for your dog? Um, give us everything. <laughs> sure. Um, my Instagram is at Lady Gracie. Again, my name is a little funny in that it's G-R-A-Y-C-E, gray like the color, and then Mm C-E. Pepper Rose's TikTok is at Pepper Rose Puppy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also have a professional Facebook page. Um, I ditched my website for a Facebook page because it was just easier. Um, (laughs) So you can find me. It's like Gracie Hoffman Artist, I think. If you search my name, it'll pop up. Fancy. Thank you so much. Um, 
This has been Backstage at Plat House. We've got more alumni, more interviews on the way, so make sure you subscribe. If you got time, give us a rating or a review to help more Penn folks and performing arts folks find us. Finally, follow our pages on Facebook, Platt Student Performing Arts House, and UPenn Pack Shop, and on Instagram at Penn Plat House and at Pack Shop 4100. I'm Ayaka Shimada. You can find me on Instagram at Ayaka Shimada underscore. Our theme music is Retro Climb by Peter Liu. Thank you to Sarah Outing for organizing this podcast and thank you for listening. Yay! Flat House, bringing people together.